And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Uh, Hopefully you guys are having a good week. A lot, a lot to get to today. Holy cow. Um, The the multiple bombs sent to former presidents and and other politicians um, and lots of other stuff. I was joined by a friend of the show, Alex Sears, from Lone Conservative. Um, I always have fun talking to him. Um, Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, yeah, we have we have so much to get to. Uh, I'll get to it as, as quickly as possible. Um, first, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at 1776 United. 1776 United is the absolute best conservative apparel company anywhere in the country. They are tremendous. All of their stuff is super creative. All their designs look great. All of their clothing is super high quality, super soft, great stuff. Um, don't take my word for it. <laughs> get some for yourself. They have whatever you want, T-shirts, tanks. Uh, hats, hoodies, everything for both men and women. Like I said, great quality stuff. Check them out at 1776united.com. That's 1776united.com. Make sure to use the promo code gimmicks. Once again, the promo code gimmicks for 15% off of your order. Once again, 1776united.com. Check them out. I also want to say hi to our friends over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and want to quit, or if you vape already, you need to check out Premier Vapor. They have the largest selection of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country. All their stuff is delicious. All their stuff is made professionally and safely in their lab out in California. Um, They have any kind of mod, tank, battery, coil, atomizer, anything you need for your vape setup, they have. If you're in Ohio, they have physical locations in Perrysburg and Holland, Ohio. Both of those stores have great sales going on right now in e-liquid. Really, really great prices. If you're not in the area, check them out at PremierVaporAndLounge.com. That is PremierVaporAndLounge.com. They will give you free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. Uh, please, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. And if you like what you're hearing and you want to get involved, uh, hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Podcast. You can contribute monthly there, and there's cool incentives if you choose to do so. All right, without further ado, here is my chat with Alex Sears. All right, guys, we're here with Alex Sears. Alex, uh, thanks for coming, to, taking the time to come back on, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. Looking forward to, uh, to talking today. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we had a lot of things that I was planning on uh, uh, talking about, and we're, we're going to get to some of it. A little later, but obviously we have to start with the breaking news this morning. Um, this morning, Secret Service agents intercepted uh, pipe bombs addressed to former President Obama and former President and First Lady uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton, uh, as well as another pipe bomb sent to CNN's New York headquarters, which was addressed to former CIA director John Brennan. Um, actually, John Brennan works at MSNBC, so whoever this guy is, uh, fuck that up. But... Um, yeah, so there's three bomb scares this morning. Um, there were reports saying there was a fourth one uh, that was addressed to the White House, um, and I think that ended up not being true. I, there, some people are still reporting that, um, and uh, I know Reuters said that there was not a fourth bomb. But um, 
Wow. I mean, this is this is right on the back of assassination attempts on Senator Susan Collins and Secretary of Defense James, James Mattis over the last couple weeks. Um, what do you what do you make of all this, man? This is complete insanity. Yeah. So this is this is pretty wild. Um, whoever is sending these bombs out is a crazy person. They need to be off the streets in prison. Um, anyone who is threatening, um, you know, current or former public officials or, you know, high, high level, um, political activists. Cause I know George, Sor- George Soros was sent a bomb. And now I'm just now seeing reports that, um, all four of those devices are linked. The Clinton, Obama, New York, uh, CNN headquarters and George Soros. All of those bombs are linked together. Um, So this is a very obvious terrorist attack, um, clearly targeting people on the left. Uh, You know, the the theories right now that are, you know, flying um, are that it's a completely deranged, um, you know, right-leaning ideologue, an anarchist, or um, it's a false flag operation. And, you know, when these kinds of things happen, you do not want to jump to to you know the most extreme so i kind of listed those in like order of extremity so most likely it's a deranged idiotic um far right winger who who, you know put time and effort into building these pipe bombs and and tracking down all these addresses very clearly wanting to make some kind of statement or it's an anarchist who is also wanting to make some kind of statement against government or you know and the most unlikely and should not you know really be brought up possibly that it's a false flag operation to boost the Democrats and the election in just a couple weeks. Right, right. And thanks for laying all that out. And, you know, it's, it's really disappointing just looking at Twitter this morning. As this news is breaking, um, people are already retreating to their own corner, right? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, people, oh, this is, this is BS. This is a false flag. Oh, no, this is Trump's fault because of Trump's rhetoric. It's like, Guys, like let let the FBI do their job. Let the Secret Service do their job. Find this person, arrest them, lock them in a cage, and throw away the key uh, where this person belongs. We have no idea the motivation of, of of this person. We don't know who this is. We don't know if they were acting alone. They don't. We don't know if there's more bombs out there. We know absolutely nothing. I mean, could this be a, a false flag operation? I mean, I su- sure. I, I suppose you know. It, it, is that likely? Probably not. I mean, if I, it, it, I, I don't know. We we have no idea. So I'm not going to speculate as to the motives of of an unnamed, unknown person. Right. Yeah. We at this point, you want to make sure that you get all the bombs. Make sure everyone's safe. First of all, first and foremost. Um, and I'm sure there will be heightened security throughout the country um, today and and throughout the rest of the week. Um, hopefully, there are no. De- no more devices. Um, actually, I'm I'm just now seeing reports that another package, suspicious package, is being found at the office of Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Um, I don't know if it's their D.C. or local office. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It is the Florida office of Debbie Wasserman Schultz is being evacuated after a suspicious package. I'm just breaking news right now. Um, so that would make that would make five um, if that does indeed turn out to be you know an explosive device that would that would make five bombs sent to high profile um, you know liberal activists or representatives and 
the way the tensions have been, you know, the past year, the past few months, especially, you know, after the Kavanaugh thing, I don't want to say that it was almost inevitable for us to hit that point because, you know, this is just horrific and nobody should have, you know, bombs sent to the residences. But, uh, I mean, the dialogue between Republicans and Democrats has gotten so bad recently that, I mean, this kind of stuff, I don't necessarily see it going away. Just to recap the the, the list um, of assassination attempts, I mean, make no mistake, no matter who's behind this, this is the attempted assassination of two former United States presidents, a former Secretary of State, and a sitting Congresswoman. Um, and this is and any former CIA director, uh, John Brennan. And over the last few weeks, I, like I mentioned, there was an attempted assassination of Senator Susan Collins, Secretary Mattis. Uh, I believe also uh, FBI Director Ray um, was sent, uh, Ryson as well. Um, not to mention last year's assassination attempt of over 30 Republican congressmen resulting in the, the, the shooting of Steve Scalise. Um, Look, it's hard not to think we're sitting on a powder keg right now in this country. I mean, what? I, I'm not trying to sound overdramatic here, but we're seeing the attempted assassination of high-level officials, including two former presidents. What, what do we do to defuse this? I mean, what, what, what happens next? I mean, I predicted weeks ago that people are going to get killed, and I know that that sounds a little dark, and, and you know— I, I'm not. I, I'm definitely farthest thing from a conspiracy theorist. But if you just look at the political climate, it's hard not to think this is going to result in someone dying or multiple people dying. Um, what happens next, man? Uh, I don't know. Because um, you know, you might be right. There might wind up being casualties. Um, it really just depends. Um, you know, Lord knows how the midterms go, and, and you know, affects the rhetoric. Um, honestly, what we're seeing today is, you know, a little bit telling. I don't want to necessarily like point fingers or anything, but, but there are already, you know, dozens of Republican representatives, senators, congressmen, uh, and otherwise, you know, condemning these bomb attacks, uh, these, you know, terrorist threats, what they are. And, uh, honestly, you know, that's not something we saw from the Democrats when Susan Collins was sent ricin, when Susan Collins was sent thousands and thousands of coat hangers, when, you know, Republicans' offices were invaded, um, you know, when when a congressional candidate in California was, was almost stabbed. Um, that's not what we see from Democrats, necessarily. We usually see, um, you know, silence or occasionally one of their reps or, you know, someone who works works for a Democrat, um, will will come out and say, you know, like, keep doing this. Like, why should, why should we apologize for this? Their, their rhetoric and policy is, is harmful. It's hateful. So we should retaliate with actual violence. And that's, that's actually something that, um, you hear a lot at protests and rallies is this chant that, or, you know, they're just screaming that Republicans and conservatives, their policies are violent. So therefore we must retaliate with physical violence. Right. And you're absolutely right that the left has not um, condemned their side. You know, you, you see people on the left openly endorsing domestic terrorist groups like Antifa, for instance. Um, and, and you are correct that mo- I, any Republican official that I, I follow on Twitter has 
uh, already condemned these these threats, these attacks, including the president and vice president. Um, I, I just want to read a tweet from my friend Ben Howe this morning, and this is it was kind of set me back, <laughs> made, made me think real quick, and he just said. Kind of sad that just 15 years ago, a bomb scare like this would have caused us to immediately suspect our international enemies, and today we immediately assume it's our fellow Americans. I think that is uh, that's pretty telling and accurate, and um, that's, that's it's sad, uh, man. It's that, very that's, true, and you know what? It's sad. Yeah, I you know in my listing earlier, uh, I didn't even include you know a foreign a foreign threat that wasn't even you know on the forefront. It was you know this is someone who is either a deranged, uh, most likely a deranged right, right winger who spends their time, you know, um, reading the worst conspiracies, you know, you can find. But I didn't even once consider that it could be, you know, an outside terrorist threat. And, right. you know, I mean, that could, that's a possibility, you know, Al-Qaeda or, you know, ISIS, as small as it's getting, could responsibility for this whether or not they'll be telling the truth is another story but right. uh, i mean we just don't know anything right and and yeah ben said you know 15 years ago we, we would have assumed it was a foreign threat I'd, I'd say a year and a half ago at least personally it probably pre steve scalise pre you know pre mm-hmm. the congressional baseball shooting um I, if there were something like this going on i would assume that it were some kind of foreign actor right and it's and it's probably not <laughs> it is probably an american citizen which is uh, that's the sad thing, honestly. Right. Like, it's sad that that we had to, you know, have that that wariness of foreign threats. But I mean, it might be even sadder now that we are dealing with those threats internally between political parties or political ideologies. Right. Right. I mean, politicians, leaders of of both sides, the left and the right, shouldn't have to condemn this. <laughs> they should not have to tell their their supporters to not harm their political opponents. I mean, this is, it's such a Absolutely sad not. state of affairs in this country right now. I, I mean, going back a few years, I, if, if somebody told us that this was going on, I don't think I'd believe them. You know, I, it is just a sad state of affairs, man. But, you know, we, we can move on from this because there's really nothing more we can say at this point. Obviously, news is still breaking constantly. Um, so, we just don't know enough to really dig any deeper into this, but I'm sure I'll be talking about it on the next episode. Um, something I wanted to, to talk to you about uh, was over the weekend. Uh, Politicon was this weekend, which I've never been to Politicon. I don't know if you had. Uh, seems a little bit too nerdy for, for my taste. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, Charlie Kirk, who's the CEO of Turning Point USA, had a debate with Hassan Piker of the Young Turks. Uh, Piker's a very, very far left, you know, like democratic socialist kind of guy. Um, and during this debate, I didn't watch the whole thing. I just watched the end. Uh, I didn't want to subject myself to, to that. <laughs> but Cenk Iger, who, who runs the Young Turks, interrupted Charlie Kirk during the debate, started screaming and yelling, made a scene, and Charlie Kirk absolutely lost his mind. I mean, had a complete mental breakdown on stage, completely embarrassed himself, basically threatened Cenk to a fist fight essentially um which is completely insane uh, i mean charlie kirk's a big guy too he's like six foot five so a, a, a young man who's six five threatening to beat up a short fat 50 year old um, is really not the look <laughs> that we want um in the conservative movement um i've talked about turning point before and and i want to preface this by saying one, I've been pretty focused on making sure socialists don't get elected in two weeks, so I haven't been calling out people on the right maybe as much as I should have 
over the last few months. Um, and, and I've had people that work for Turning Point USA on the show. I mean, I have friends that have been on the show that, that work for that organization, and they're great. But this guy, Charlie Kirk, has been has been awful for the conservative movement for a long time. This is just another example. Um, and I honestly think he's dangerous to the conservative movement. What did you think of this, this outburst at this debate, Turning Point in general? Um, I know there's a lot we can dig into here, but uh, it, what do you make of it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, there's a lot here. Uh, it's really almost the health of the young conservative movement is what this is about. Um, right. We talked about rhetoric and violent rhetoric. Um, I mean, Charlie Kirk standing up on a stage shouting down to Shank, you know, come at me, like, let's do this. That's, you know, that's pretty violent. That's an invitation to, you know, I don't know what Charlie thought it was, but I mean, to you know anyone looking on that's an invitation to you know rush the stage like take it to fisticuffs pretty much um and i you know you you do say charlie is you know he's a very large guy Uh, i don't know if imposing is the correct word i don't think uh charlie could could strike fear into the heart of almost anyone no (laughs) i don't think that's necessarily true just Uh, a side just a side note sorry to cut (laughs) you off but a side note there is nothing worse there's nothing worse than tough guy talk from somebody who's not tough right like that's just it mm-hmm. that just irks me to my core i'm from a blue collar town in ohio so if somebody ch- if somebody challenges you to a fist fight it's kind of like in, in where i come from you actually step outside and, and handle it so you know i it absolutely yeah. drives me crazy the the tough guy talk from from people like this it, it, yeah. anyway go ahead yeah so well that kind of stuff it doesn't have any place on the debate stage and I found it really interesting that after the incident, which um, everyone has seen, I didn't watch the full debate either because I didn't want to sit through that just awfulness, as I'm sure it was. Um, but that whole scene, Charlie was bragging about it on his Instagram later. I he had, you know, like a back and ra- black and white picture of himself standing on the stage, like <laughs> saying "What's up" to Shank, like like he was some kind of like great badass because he shouted down a 45 year old guy who. He was not even debating at the time. And, and I mean, to be fair, Chank Iger was acting like a fool as well. And and Chank mm-hmm. was bragging about it later as well. I mean, it, they were both equally just idiotic. I mean, it was it was it was a disgrace from from both yeah. of them. But yeah, bra- bragging and about it later was that was an odd that was an odd move. Yeah, Politicon has been. I've not been to Politicon either. Um, I, I kind of do want to go, but it has been described as real life Twitter. So, I mean, maybe maybe exchanges that like that awful. are commonplace at Politicon. <laughs> like, I don't know. But yeah, I don't. If you get you know a bunch of people who into a convention center and then call it real life Twitter, I I expect some some wild things to happen, and uh, I they did. Turning Point USA is not a conservative organization. I just want to make that clear. They're they're. If you look at what they do, and, and look, I'm not saying they should shut down. I'm not saying that. I'm sure there is some kind of utility to what they do. Like, I don't, I don't really like Candace Owens. I don't like her, I don't know how to describe it, just simple-minded kind of approach to everything. Um, but I'm sure there's some utility in, in her work. I mean, I'm sure she does connect with uh, young African-Americans. And obviously, I mean, hey, she got Kanye, right? So, I mean, she's like, somewhat effective <laughs> on, on some level, I, I guess. But, they're, I mean, they're not... 
they're not good spokesmen for the conservative movement. Like, if anything, they're just anti-leftist, right? They're just anti-left. They're not. Mm-hmm. Con- they're it's not, reactionary. Right. They're not pro. They're not preaching free market capitalism and 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 constitutionality and stuff like that. It's they're just kind of anti-left. Remember William F. Buckley back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, he'd always say, "You can't just be an anti-communist." Like that's like it's fine, good. Like you're an anti-communist, but that's not enough. You need to actually educate people on on capitalism. You have to mm-hmm. educate people on the on the Constitution. It's not enough just to say you're an anti-communist. And that's kind of what organizations like they're not the only one. You know, people like uh, uh, Turning Point. That's kind of what they become. They're just anti-left. They're not really pro-conservative. You know, like it's is there? I don't know. Where do you? I, I think they're dangerous to the conservative movement, like I said. And do you agree with that? And I, I I see stuff like this, and it's not just Charlie Kirk losing his mind at this debate. If you just look at their their Twitter feeds, and if you and you just look at the speeches that they give, are they helping or hurting? Like I feel like they're hurting the movement. They're not really accomplishing much. Right. So um, this is this is a very very like long and convoluted kind of conversation to have because it deals with a lot of factors. Um, I, Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk, I think they have the potential to be dangerous. I think Candace Owens is more harmful than Charlie is because I think Charlie is a, is a bit more thoughtful in a lot of, of his, his actual actions, not necessarily in, in what he says. Um, but, um, you know, going back even, you know, two years ago, Turning Point was, you know, it was a pretty solid organization. I was, I was actually involved with Turning Point. I ran a chapter on my college campus and uh, I was involved in their conferences. I attended one as recently as uh, last December. Um, But in the past about year and a half, they've really taken a turn um, for, for the worst. And that's more at Kind of the administration level, I would never um, say anything bad about the vast majority of people who attend Turning Point things or run a Turning Point chapter because I've worked with a lot of them and the vast majority are very, very good people who do good work on their campus. They just happen to receive, you know, some amount of supplies and funding from Turning Point who provides them with, with these opportunities on their campus and uh, there aren't, there aren't you know, a crazy amount of orgs to choose from. And Turning Point happens to be the most visible out of out of the conservative ones, which is why they attract, you know, the most people. So the students themselves are phenomenal. Um, they, they do good work on campuses for the most part. But in the administration and, you know, on Twitter, it's, it's a whole other story. I mean, when you look at Charlie Kirk, Candace Owens, and the actual Turning Point USA account, uh, their accounts, they're not, you know, mainly followed by young conservatives. Their, their bulk amount of following is just, you know, like, you know, 30 to 45 middle-aged, you know, people who have an interest in politics. You know, it's that kind of thing. It's those kind of Twitter accounts. It's not the young people who are actually out doing stuff. Um, it's, I mean, someone call them boomers or, or magites. People right. who you know worship the ground that Donald Trump walks on. Right. If if their leadership can't get their act together, and you know become some kind of responsible spokesman for the ideas that they claim to to fight for, at what point does it become a fruit of the poisonous tree kind of situation? 
Uh, it's really hard to say because, um, yeah, I do believe they have some utility. Um, they do do good work. Um, that's sometimes a lot of times they're they're harmful, and the way that they go about their business is is often sketchy, um, and and many people don't agree with it. It's it's really hard to tell. It was it was about a year and a half ago when you know things started going south. That was when Charlie really got the Fox News bug and started neglecting his his you know responsibility and role as at a turning point. Um, him and Candace you know ditched a chapter. Um, they were supposed to have a speech at a chapter. Um, I believe it was in Virginia. And um, they they just ditched it with hardly any notification to go hang out with Kanye. So it's that kind of thing oh, where gosh. where they're where they're chasing they're chasing the fame and their own like personal gain rather than helping the the actual conservative movement. So when it comes to you know like deciding whether or not that these people should be you know encouraged and work with, I think we're kind of past the point where yeah they're they basically expose themselves. With as grifters and it's time to pursue uh, other avenues of uh, activism. Right. And just to, just to wrap up this, this topic, I I've said this a million times in the show, but I just want to re- reiterate it for everybody listening. You have to be mindful of who you elevate to the position of a thought leader. And there are very, very few thought leaders in the conservative movement. And that's the way it should be. And I'd say, they're all over the age of like 50, <laughs> right? I'd say the, the only person in the conservative movement that I would consider a thought leader under the age of, of 45 or 50 would be Ben Shapiro. But he's an outlier. I mean, he graduated from Harvard Law when he was like 20, right? You know, he's, a, he's been a published author since he was a teenager. And that just doesn't happen very often. Like the thought leaders in the conservative movement are guys like Thomas Sowell, you know, like the late, great Charles Krauthammer, you know, guys like, William F. Buckley. Like, these people are thought leaders for a movement, not just your average 25-year-old pundit on Twitter. I, I'm certainly not a thought leader, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't have to be. Maybe, yeah, I'll, maybe, a... maybe I'll get there by the time I'm 50. But it takes a long time, and it takes a lot of knowledge and experience and wisdom to to be elevated to a position like a thought leader for a movement. And it is extremely dangerous for people to view people as a thought leader when they do not deserve that title. That's a very big distinction. I think we need to realize and start making is the difference between a thought leader and a pundit. Right. Cause that is a huge gap. Yeah. It's the grand and Canyon. Just because, yeah. you know, yeah, just because, you know, you can go on Fox news and talk for two minutes and write a horrible book. Um, that doesn't make you a thought leader. That <laughs> you're still a pundit who has a Twitter account. Right. And I mean, you know, all these other things like running a nonprofit. Well, that's great to to build your credibility. But if the nonprofit isn't doing good work, then then I don't really think it's lending to your credibility. Right. You're absolutely right on that. Um, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the migrant caravan um, that is making its way through Mexico right now towards the the U.S. southern border. Um, reports are that the number of people in this caravan are somewhere between 7,000 and 10,000, which is insane. It's absolutely insane. Most of these people are coming from uh, Honduras and Guatemala, other Central American countries as well. Um, from what I can tell, it's mostly men. 
obviously there are some women and children. The media is obviously focusing on the women and children. But if you look at the pictures and the videos, they, it's it, it seems to be at least 70% men, um, young men mostly. Um, the, uh, people are carrying the flags of the countries they're coming from. They've also been seen burning American flags, which is odd since they want to come into our country. Um, this is gonna this is gonna get really ugly once they get closer to the border. Uh, Mexico has done absolutely nothing to stop them. Um, the Central American governments have done absolutely nothing to stop them or slow them down. Um, so how is this going to play out, man? Uh, yeah, no, you're definitely right. This is going to get dangerous. Um, I don't know whether or not Trump is going to follow through with his promise to cut aid to these countries for, for really being apathetic to it. Um, I believe he, absolutely, about, I believe he know, absolutely should, by the way. I think that, that would be yeah. uh, a, a logical first step, cut off the foreign aid to these countries unless they stop this from continually happening. I think we should cut foreign aid really across the board just as a policy. Um, I don't really oh, know right. why we should be funding the, these these random countries no, so much. I've, I've no, I have no idea. That's, yeah. that's, that's another point. Um, the caravan itself, yeah, I definitely think it is it is a majority male uh, a caravan. There are women, women and children. However, there's been more like suspicious evidence and photos coming out of this caravan um, you know, women traveling with, with kids in strollers and, you know, you look up the stroller that, you know, it's branded right there. You look that up and the stroller is worth like 400, $500, um, U S you know, that kind of thing where these people, um, you know, aren't necessarily, or weren't necessarily like born homeless, um, to have, you know, these kinds of things. Uh, and also, there's very clear organizers to this caravan and, and they're marking themselves and, you know, specialized reflective vests. And, uh, I've even seen, um, one video, uh, it was unconfirmed. Um, so I don't want to speculate too much. However, these, um, there was just a large group of people lining up and the, um, two gentlemen were just going down these lines and handing money to each person, uh, in this caravan. Not sure what country that originated from, but uh, I have I, I I would have to go find that video. Hopefully, I can put that on my Twitter later today or something. But this caravan, um, it's somewhat suspicious. Definitely, definitely male. Um, people like to say military-aged men. Um, that I don't think that really has has much bearing. But as they near the U.S. border, Trump is going to take action, and and that is sending the military. And uh, things could could definitely get ugly. There's going to be, you know, I'm sure these people are going to make an attempt at crossing the border. There's going to be mass arrests. And I'm sure that'll cause, you know, a huge humanitarian human rights um, look into what is going on at the southern border. We're going to, you know, you'll see CNN and, and MSNBC back inside immigration detention centers once again. Um, and it's really going to force a huge immigration policy battle right before the midterms. And, right. and the, the, another one last thing, the Democrats are, are surprisingly silent on this. Right. I no mean, one's really said anything. So. Typically, these immigration battles benefit Democrats. Um, I don't know if it's going to turn out that way this time. I mean, if you look at these these videos of thousands and thousands of men burning American flags, it looks like, and I hate the whole the the rhetoric like oh this is an invading army that kind of thing but it sure as hell looks like it <laughs> i mean <laughs> it, this looks bad man like i don't think the american people especially in border states see a caravan of 
10,000 men <laughs> moving towards the border and say, yeah, we should totally let these 10,000 people unvetted into our country. Like, I think this is a major problem for the open borders, folks. I, I just don't, I cannot imagine a world where the majority of Americans would want 10,000 unvetted people. We have no idea who they are just to waltz right into our country. I, I don't think this is going to be as positive for the Democrats as the immigration topic typically is. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's a powder keg, and things are going to get bad, and they're going to stay bad for a while. I don't see these people really just turning around and going home. They're going to make an attempt at it. Trump is going to send the military, and there's going to be a conflict of some sort at the southern border. And honestly, you know, this just kind of fuels Trump's call for a wall, because if there was a wall there, then there's very limited access points wall is easily defendable and easily you know monitored with security feeds you don't actually have to have as many people on the border with binoculars looking for people um so it, re- it really just depends how bad the situation gets who it's going to help and how it is handled in the media who gets their messaging out first and who has the better messaging right Right. And you're absolutely right also about the wall. Um, and I was not a wall guy. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I was never like a somebody that really supported building the wall. But it, when you see caravans like this, and it, it seems to be happening more frequently, um, it, it's hard to argue that building a wall would be uh, the, the right move uh, to prevent things like this. It's really hard to argue against a wall, you know, seeing this footage. Um, man, not a lot of a uh, cheery uh, subjects today. <laughs> We're just yeah, man, no we, we started off on a, a, lot of, a, a low note. <laughs> yeah, we started off on a low note and uh, just continued that that pace uh, the whole episode. But all right, before I let you go, Alec, I work and everybody uh, find you online and keep in touch and all that good stuff. Yeah, so I am mostly on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Sears Al. Um, also, make sure to follow uh, my website, Lone Conservative. Do a lot of great work there, offering college students a place to uh, to share their ideas. And you, you can follow that on Twitter at lo conservative. Um, and and that's the main places you can find me. All right, everybody, go follow Alec. Everybody, follow Lone Conservative. It's a great site. Um, and we'll have to have you back on soon, man. Um, that's all for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I will be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Uh-huh.